you have to be willing to take risks and you have to be willing to fail at times. And that mentality of, you know, I'm going to try this and if I fail, then I'm going to go on to the next thing and I'm going to fail at that too, perhaps. But I learned things from it and I, I hopefully somewhere along the line, find something that's, that's going to work. And I think I've been able to do that, but it's, it's simple, but just to be able to go for it and to say, I'm going to throw myself into this and, and make it work. The oil and gas industry, the driving engine of the world economy, delivering prosperity, innovation, and abundance across the globe. Here are the stories of its key players, directly from the leaders themselves. This is Bulwark's Oil and Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, where real experiences are passed on from the leaders of today to the leaders of tomorrow. Here is your host, Paige Wilson. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm sitting here this morning at the Independent Petroleum Association of New Mexico annual meeting in Albuquerque, New Mexico with my guest. Kyle Armstrong, how are you this morning? I'm doing great and appreciate you having me here. Yeah, Kyle is the incoming president of IPA NM and the executive vice president and chief operating officer of Armstrong Energy Corporation. So thank you for being on. Thank you. Uh, before getting into it, I wanted to ask everyone to support the show by taking a few moments and leave a review on iTunes. So I expect you to leave one, Kyle. <laughs> Absolutely. As long as you edit me well, then I will give a great <laughs> review. Fair enough. Fair enough. Kyle, how, let's discuss how you got started in the oil and gas industry. Sure. I'm actually, I came about it from a rather roundabout way. I'm an attorney by training. It's my family's company and we've got a 41 year history now. So we've, we've been at this for a while, but I kind of have had gone on my own path for a while and started gradually getting more involved and about five years ago got involved on a full-time basis and so i came at it from working with a lot of uh, venture capital firms and high-tech startups so kind of brought a little bit of different approach with the legal and that startup side uh, yeah. was was where i kind of came from but very fortunate to, to come into a situation with a, a phenomenal team of people and that's the most critical thing for us and our best asset. And so, I think that's something I, I enjoy about our industry is, is the people that we get to work with day in and day out. Absolutely. I mean, I, I was very blessed in the situation that I walked into in having a company with uh, 40 years in the hottest play in the entire world right now. And in having some of those advantages was just a tremendous situation to walk into. So I'm, I'm very fortunate. And I don't think a lot of people really understand how hot the premium basin is. It is amazing the amount of activity. If you drive through southeast New Mexico, west Texas right now, just the number of trucks, the number of vehicles, the number of people that are going through uh, the, the city of Carlsbad in southeast New Mexico, I think, has doubled in population in just the last couple of years and is expected to continue to grow. And it puts a huge strain on resources down there, roads, and, and safety is one of the big issues. But even just keeping food on the shelves in Carlsbad, as I understand, is is a challenge. People will go in there and by the end of the day, shelves are cleared off. There's just so many more people that have come in there that they're learning to deal with that. And it's a, it's a great problem to have, but it's certainly a, a different one. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. In fact, I mean, it, it's it, Permian Basin is such a, a hot play. We have a, a another podcast, shout out to Chris Escamilla, called The Permian Perspective. So, yeah. Well, you know, for for a basin that's been producing for 70, 90 plus years, it is amazing the, the transformation that's happened here in the last five, 10 years, the technology that has made that happen and, and the investment that's coming back in. One of the things I think is, is interesting as the incoming president for IPNM, we really look at 
putting a human face on on what we're doing there. I mean, yeah. the, the majors, everybody looks at the, the dollars that are being brought into the state and what that means from a, a, a state budget standpoint and the surplus we brought in and the investment dollars that are coming in. But the independents are really the folks that have been here for generations. Uh, they've invested in the communities here. And so for IPNM, it's really making sure that the political leadership uh, understands that the, the decisions they make shouldn't just be directed towards your your majors and, and the great things that they're doing here, but it, it has an impact on the guys that have been here for, for some period of time. And so we're really focused on that and making sure it's uh, not just a one-size-fits-all approach to, to the things that they're trying to accomplish. Great, great perspective. So now that we've kind of established your start, what are some real challenges that you've had to go through in your career? Well, for one thing, it's been a, a learning curve for the last couple of years for me, kind of getting involved into this. And, and that's certainly been there. You know, New Mexico has been pretty unique over the last decade. When, when the economy collapsed in, in 2008, I had just graduated from law school, came into the state, was fortunate to have a job with a law firm, but all the work I was planning on doing uh, disappeared. In New Mexico has had a very slow, long road to the recovery, but we seem to finally be there. Our, our unemployment rate is finally below the national average, and that's the first time that that's happened in the last 10 years. So to have been here in New Mexico and really put down roots and try and, and build something here has always been a bit of a challenge because it's we've been a little bit behind the times. And in what's happening in the Permian right now and what's happening in the oil and gas industry is really driving our recovery. So it's the economy in New Mexico has been a challenge, but it's been a, a welcome one and one I think we're finally turning the corner on. Yeah, I, th- I think we all kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel at this point. So that's great. So let's discuss exactly what you're doing at your company. Sure. Uh, so my role is executive vice president CEO, which I essentially oversee a lot of the day-to-day operations. And in particular, we've been focused the last couple of years on, as the majors have come in, we're still primarily... <laughs> a conventional operator, perhaps the conventional operator, but it's a, uh, it's a little niche we found that has, has really worked well. We've almost tripled the, the number of wells we operate in the last year as some of the majors and others have, have focused on their really? core. Oh yeah. That's awesome. As some of the other folks, and that's after a 40 year of history is the majors are focusing on coring up their assets and, and really trying to create some cash flows. Now they're selling off assets that, that don't make sense to them particularly, but for us to be able to to pick up and, and operate over the long term and, and create some efficiencies, we've done remarkably well. So that's what I've been kind of focused on is everybody else is going to the right and we're sort of going a little bit more to the left, but it's one I think that is, has worked out well for us and it's it's been a great opportunity. Yeah, it sounds pretty exciting. I mean, so, triple, that's pretty great. Well, <laughs> it is. then again, you look at some of the growth that some of these companies have had and but it's just a little bit of a different direction in, in being privately funded. It was a niche we found we could could go into and and exploit and, and do well with. Excellent. So. Excellent. So if you had one piece of advice to give our audience, what would it be? Sure. When I first came in as an attorney and, and I only practiced about two years and, and left and started my own business and have started a, a series of them, one of my sort of business mentors, and it's a pretty simple piece of advice at the end of the day, but she was a, a, a leader in a venture capital firm and a Stanford business grad sort of just said, I sat down with her. I said, what's, what's the best piece of advice you can give me? And again, remarkably intelligent person just said, you have to be fearless. You have to go for it. And I think that's a spirit that's particularly in this industry, but for me as well, coming back in four or five years ago and having to learn some of the things and do the things I did, you have to be willing to take risks and you have to be willing to fail at times. And very true that, 
mentality of, you know, I'm going to try this and if I fail, then I'm going to go on to the next thing and I'm going to fail at that too, perhaps. But I learned things from it and I, I hopefully somewhere along the line, find something that's, that's going to work. And I think I've been able to do that, but it's, it's simple, but just to be able to go for it and to say, I'm going to throw myself into this and, and make it work. Well, yeah. That, and that's the only way to grow is get out of your comfort zone. Absolutely. So yeah, I like that. Very good. What book influenced you the most and why? Well, I'll give you two. One actually was just, uh, goes back to high school English days of reading Great Gatsby. There was a, a quote oh, at yeah. the very beginning of it, and I'm going to just mangle the quote, but it's, uh, you know, essentially just remember that not everybody has, or not everybody has walked in your shoes or you've never walked in their shoes and all the things that they have experienced. You know, I, I've been very fortunate in the experiences I've had in my life, but it, it's always helpful to kind of put yourself in the position of, what somebody else has experienced and, and why their perspective sometimes is different. You know, I'm up in Santa Fe and Albuquerque a fair bit talking to folks about the industry who, who just have never been in it and they've never involved with it and they don't understand how it necessarily works. And we have to sometimes recognize that and, and we have to educate around that. So that's just sort of one of those quotes that's always kind of stuck with me. The other book that I'm read recently was The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And a lot of that deals with how as a team you communicate and again our team is the best asset that that we have and making sure that we're able to work together and collaborate together that's a book that i'd recommend to anybody in terms of when you look at your team and how you guys are working together and how you're making sure you are getting the very best you can out of each person i think has some really good tips in it good good yeah we'll make sure to put a link to both of those books in the show notes what would you say is your most used business tool Probably my gas card. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's a first. I haven't heard that one yet. Well, you know, there are a lot of great analytical tools that are out there right now. For me, being based in southeast New Mexico and in, in Roswell, and a lot of the activity being involved in, in Midland and Hobbs and, and Carlsbad, it's easy to kind of get stuck behind your computer and, and using some of those analytical tools versus getting on the road and going out and, and meeting some folks. And, and we've managed to source some really good deals that way and just getting out there and in that's pretty old school well you know when you're in a company that's been there for 40 years and you have assets you know it's easy to get complacent and and there's such tremendous tremendous energy in this industry right now um intended. a lot of new folks coming in and a lot of great new ideas and and so for me I have to get out there and, and talk to some of those folks and, and really have those interactions. You know, th- th- there are tremendous tools out there, but for me, getting on the road and, and talking to folks and hearing what they're doing is, is the best tool yeah. for me. I, that's an excellent answer. <laughs> Who would you say is your most respected competitor? Well, I, I would say the most respected, for a long time, one of the most respected companies in New Mexico was, was Yates Petroleum. The, and, the, and the Yates family in general has really built up the industry in New Mexico. They were the first. There's a number of different branches of that family and a number of different companies. But when you look at the impact that they had on the industry, the impact that they had in our community, and and they really, one of the models in terms of not just doing well for themselves, but doing well for the community. If you ever go down to Artesia and drive through, you'll see sculptures that uh, the, the Yates family, Mac Energy, so many of these families that have, have really put time and energy and effort into to building their communities. And they've done extremely well on the business side as, as well. If you, Artesia is a, 
funny little town of, of I think it's maybe 10,000 people now, but has had tremendous number of just unbelievable businessmen and women down there that ha- have succeeded, but really focus on their community as well. And, and that's something Armstrong Energy, I think, really respects is, is not just being a business leader, but being a community leader and being involved yeah. w- with everything in our community. Yeah. And that's actually one of the many other things I'm very proud about of, of our industry is, is how we also find community and we instill that in those people and our, and our neighbors. Absolutely. So great. What would you say is your most important lesson learned? I'd say the most important lesson learned in the, in the thing I really sometimes have to focus on is to simply be a better listener to people coming into the industry later in life. I've had to learn from a lot from other folks, but it's very easy to kind of get engrossed in your own ideas and your own head about what's happening. And, you know, I think any of us who have a reasonable amount of self-confidence, we, we like to think we know things that maybe we do, but there's a lot of other perspectives. And so that's something that I really benefit from and, and frankly, sometimes struggle to is to, to make sure that I'm incorporating all the different uh, input that I'm getting from folks. Good. So I'm going to throw you a curveball here. Why is your role now important to the future of oil and gas? Sure. You know, and goes back to the fact we have all these companies that are coming into to West Texas and, and Southeast New Mexico that are, they're doing fantastic things. I see Armstrong Energy, a lot of the other independents that have been here for so long, important because we are a part of the, for lack of a better word, the, the ecosystem here. As some of these majors have been selling off assets, we're the ones that pick them up and make sure that they continue to be productive or, or rejuvenate them. We're the ones that sort of have folks that are on the ground here. It's very important to us that, you know, we have our geologists here. We have our engineers here, our support staff, our accounting staff. That we look at as being very important to New Mexico. That we create a company that invests in New Mexico, that keeps the people here, and will hopefully be here. I don't know if we'll be here another 40 years, but... We think we're an important part of the community. You go into our museums, you go into our uh, our schools, again, drive down Artesia, and you look at the boards of who's really contributed to make those things happen. And it has been a lot of the local independents. We've had some large independents. We've had sort of the smaller mom and pop shops. But they're critical. All the focus right now on the shale revolution, and it's tremendous, and it's a great thing. But there is a different story there about the, the, the families that have been there contributing for so long. And hopefully we'll continue to be there to contribute. Yeah, good. What's your favorite podcast? Well, yours, oh. naturally. <laughs> Again, as long as the editing goes great, then I will. <laughs> Evan, you hear that? <laughs> you better do me good, bruh. <laughs> you know, I like listening to or, or hearing things that are sort of outside of my normal comfort zone, I guess. I'm not much of a country music fan particularly, but Somebody put me on recently to Cocaine and Rhinestones, which is sort of the story, the history of country music. Really? Have you never heard that? No. You should listen to it. It's fascinating. And I'm just going to totally blank on the name of the uh, gentleman that does it. And his father was in the industry. For, he grew up in the industry. I'm going to um, look it up right now. If you could give me his name, I would appreciate that. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we're definitely going to put a link to it in the show <laughs> notes. But yeah, who is that? said Rhinestones. Cocaine and rhinestones. Okay. I don't know if you have to edit that out, but no, that's the name. If that's the name of the podcast, I'm definitely not. Cocaine and rhinestones. Oh, history of cocaine. Tyler Mahan Co. Yeah, he grew up in. Uh, he was 
Tyler Mancoe, his father was David Allen Coe, and so he I grew up in ask. the yeah he grew up in the industry, and just had tremendous stories that I'm sure he'd heard since he was a kid, and you know all these names, some of the names I didn't know. I'm mean, back to sort of the 1940s and 50s country stars that oh, I never yeah. heard of, and then uh, up to like the Judd family and and, and Madden Merle itself was Haggard stuff. yeah yeah Okie um, Muskogee yeah awesome. just a really great interesting perspective on. The genre that I didn't particularly follow that well, but some fascinating stories. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'm going to start listening. I got something to listen to on the on Absolutely. the way back. So that's awesome. Thank you, Kyle. And thank you again for joining me. I know you were kind of running behind with everything, but and you had to speak right before this. I really appreciate you getting over here and spending time with me and telling your story to our audience. Well, thank you. I appreciate it and appreciate you all being here at IPNM. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to doing this again next year already. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you. Yeah, so if people want to reach out to you and or get to know more about IPAM, and how can they go about doing that? Sure, best way is just through our website, which is IPANM, that's Independent Patrolman Association in Mexico.org. Perfect. And there's a, a wealth of information in there. And, and folks that are in the industry, uh, we encourage to be active, to be members, but just to make sure that uh, with all the changes happening in the industry and, and everything that's happening from a regulation standpoint, to make sure that they're active and involved. It really is critical. Well, that makes the difference, sure. especially when it comes to regulations. Absolutely. So, all right. So that concludes this episode. So just remember, it's up to you to open the next door. Now here's events on deck. Okay. Before heading into the events on deck for July, I have a few OGGN announcements. We moved our happy hours to quarterly. And so the Houston and Midland happy hour will be in sometime August or September. Be on the lookout for the date to be announced. And we are launching our Denver happy hour on August 29th from 4 to 6 p.m. All the details are below. And now let's move on to the events on deck. We have the Argentina Oil, Gas, and Energy Summit 2019. That's July 10th and 11th in Buenos Aires. The link is below. Then we have a happy hour coming up on July 23rd. It's the Intentional Networking Oil and Gas Happy Hour at the Houston Zoo. This is hosted by Equilibria, NOV, OGGN, and Flutura. And a portion of the ticket sales will be going to Redeem Ministries, a local charity to help human trafficking victims. You can sign up below. Next up, Mark, Jake, and Paige will be speaking at the 2019 IPANM annual meeting July 24th and 26th in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And this year's theme is addressing operators' needs in 2019. Sign up below. The Desk, Derek, Desk and Derek Fort Worth second annual Shoot for the Future Clay Shoot is July 26th in Decatur, Texas. Sign up below. And last but not least, Summer Nape is coming up August 21st through 22nd in Houston, Texas. It's where the deals happen. Tune in next week for another intriguing episode of Bulwark's Oil and Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasindustryleaders.com.